0: Thank you, Pastor Ben. So seven years the Lord has been blessing his people as Sovereign Grace Church in Statesboro, Georgia. Over over 70 years ago, uh, I was born. And uh, at the very young, tender age of eight, the Lord uh, came into my life in a very certain and powerful way. And I'm as confident today as I was then that, that Jesus Christ was my Lord and Savior, that my sins were forgiven and I had the gift of eternal life. So what's uh, 65 years later, I have never in all that time had an eight-year experience because we began meeting over, uh, over a year prior to the date that we covenanted as a church. I've never had the experience of my faith in the Lord growing as it has as a part of this congregation, as a part of Sovereign Grace Church. As, as I have had the blessing to see the miracles of God time and time and time again. Just the, the obvious presence of the power of God among his people. Um, for this, I, I praise him and give him thanks. And certainly, the Lord has worked through uh, his servants uh, these, these years, I'm accomplishing. His work and His will, and certainly we uh, endeavor that all of this has been for His glory. So very thankful I am today for a a church, for a congregation that that calls itself a Reformed Church. Amen. Amen. Don't make me do that now. For, for the Reformation is, is one of God's most wonderful blessings uh, in the church. And it's good that we would celebrate today Reformation Sunday. Reformation, restoring of Christ alone by grace alone through faith alone, in Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone, to the church of Jesus Christ in this world. For certainly it was essential, it was necessary, it was required for. In those days as religion had so far departed, from the teachings of the Bible, the truth of the Bible, and substituting the righteousness of man for the righteousness of God. It was essential to the salvation of God's people that church be reformed to the truth. The truth that the righteous shall live by faith. And so we're thankful on this Reformation Sunday that God raised up faithful, courageous men. John Huss, a man who paid with his life for the call to Reformation, to the call for repentance in the day of to church. For the, for the priest Savonarola, who preached throughout Italy crying out for repentance and turning once again to Christ for that man of God, Martin Luther. John Calvin, John Knox, so many others who followed in the footsteps of Jesus Christ and the apostles who proclaimed God's word. And that wonderful saint of old who gave us such quick understanding of God's Word, well known today simply as St. Augustine. For these we give thanks and praise God that he saw fit to reform his church, that it might be true and faithful to his Word. We have these weeks been studying through the book of Exodus, and certainly we find here evidence of God's moving among his people. We have been provided with today in the the passage that we will read one of the stepping stones whereby God's revelation of his loving kindness for his people is demonstrated in his demand for faithful obedience to his word. Let's look now to Exodus chapter 16, verse 22 we'll begin, and read through the end of the chapter. On the sixth sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each, And it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout our generation, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. And the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna forty years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And Omer is the tenth part of Ephah. As we read this text, let us be sure that we recognize that all of Scripture, all of the Bible, all of the Word of God is the Word of God. It is God making Himself known. The Bible is about God. He is the centerpiece. He is the focus. He is the heart of His Word. God had a purpose. From before the creation of the world, a purpose to his glory in a people he would save for himself. The scriptures that we hold are the accounting of what God has done to accomplish that purpose that he had before the creation of the world. In Exodus chapter 16, we see God moving among His people to reveal a unique day, a day set apart, a holy day, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. God had led these people, these people who were slaves in the land of Egypt. God had sent His servant Moses to lead them, Out of slavery, out of that land, and toward a land that God had promised to them would be a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, as Pastor Ben has so frequently pointed out to us in the text up until now, these were not happy escaped slaves, they grumbled a lot and god was merciful god intended that these people would be a people that he would use they would be a people unto him a people that he would call his own And as God was leading them out of slavery, as God wanted to lead them into this land flowing with milk and honey, this land that He had promised to them, they just just bucked at every every day. They, They put every hindrance up. They complained about everything. And yet, when they were thirsty, God gave them water. Miraculously, God provided When they were hungry, God sent them food that fell literally from heaven that all they had to do was to gather it up. God had called these people to be His people. And because they were His people, God provides for His people. And God provides for His people because it is to His glory that he provides for his people. But the blessing of manna, this blessing of God providing for their needs, it did not come without stipulation. They were to collect enough to eat for one day, each day, except on the sixth day, God said that they were to collect double the amount so they, so they would have food for the following day. They wouldn't, have to, they wouldn't have to go out and gather on the following day. They wouldn't have to uh, labor to, to gather in the manna that God had provided from heaven. But they would have food for, for that day because they had collected enough on the previous day. Now on every other day, if they, if they had leftovers, if they got more than they needed for that day and they kept it overnight... They got up the next morning, and, and it was mealy. It had worms. Those, the, those of us that grew up on cornmeal in the South, we <laughs> don't be nodding. <laughs> yeah, we know what mealy is. But God provided. He told them, get enough on, on the, the day before and there won't be any worms in it, it won't be moldy, it'll be good, and, and it was, they collected. But that, that next day, God said, that seventh day is to be a, a Sabbath, the Hebrew word Shabbat, which has the meaning of to cease or to desist. And when it's used with regard to, to work or labor, it means to rest. And this is a standard that God had set from the foundation of the world. In Genesis chapter 2, we encounter where God said, On the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So the Sabbath was from the very week of creation, God's purpose, God's intent, God's way. It is holy. Be sure that you understand that the day of rest, the Sabbath, is not man's idea. It, it was God's idea from the very beginning. Mankind did not think this up. Let's take a day off. right? Let's sleep in one day a week. Nobody said amen on that one. But actually, more likely, the idea of mankind is let's work as hard as we can seven days a week. And get in as much as we can, make as much as we can, earn as much as we can, grow as much as we can, reap as much as we can. Get it all, pack it in, pack it down, get more. Keep going on the seventh day. That's far more likely the idea of many men. Actually, the Sabbath, I think, the day of rest in 1 and 7 is counterintuitive to the ways of man. But God established this day. God established this day as, as His standard, His measure of the week. And so it is, the Sabbath is, is called here as holy. It's a holy Sabbath to the Lord. <laughs> That makes it, it's a repetition. To say that it's a Sabbath to the Lord is is a repetition of holy. For that's what holy means, is that which is set apart, that which is unto the Lord, that which belongs to God. And so a holy Sabbath to the Lord is a holy Sabbath that's holy. It belongs to God. The Sabbath belongs to God. It is His. And it's bad business. It's bad business to take what belongs to the Lord and turn it to your own use. Dick, do you see who's out in the parking lot? you see how the, in the parking lot? I got an expensive automobile out there. A provocation of God's wrath. Worshiping idols and profaning the Lord's Sabbath. Were the two sins, the two sins of the nation of Israel, which brought the wrath of God upon them. God had given them the Sabbath, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Had given it to them as a blessing. Jesus said, Mark chapter 2, He said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. God gave them the gift of commanding a day of rest. And as the day of rest, the Sabbath, was God's standard from creation. Six days of work. And a seventh day of rest, God's provision for the man that he had created. God demonstrated his love for this man. He created him by providing for him in every way. This man whom God had created, he gave him a garden to live in. A garden for for him to work and have a sense of his productivity. And he gave him a day of rest that his strength would be restored. The Sabbath, the day of rest, is a blessing from God to all of mankind whom he created and who he loves. Would you allow me a little story to illustrate? It seems there was a wealthy landowner who graciously allowed a young family to build a home on his estate. The young man was grateful and thanked the landowner. He even planted a garden and from time to time, the young man would bring vegetables to the landowner. One day, the young man heard that a timber company was paying good money for trees. So seeing this opportunity to get ahead, he cut down several of the trees around his house and he sold them. When the landowner learned of this, he was angry. He was very angry. He told the young man he had no right to take what what did not belong to him and turn it to his profit. I ought to throw you off of the place, said the landowner. But I'm inclined to be merciful. You can stay, but you must respect what is mine. The Sabbath belongs to God. It is his. It is a holy Sabbath to the Lord. God established this day of rest as a blessing for his people. A blessing he expects his people to receive wisely and not to be misappropriated for one's own purpose, for one's own benefit. This is as God has commanded an occasion for rest. And to obey God, doing as God has commanded. And being obedient, obeying what God has commanded, because you believe in God. You believe in God's word you believe that obedience to God's word is right. And so we encounter this understanding of God's blessings, God's commandments, man's obedience, man's faith. Prior to the Reformation... Men had misappropriated for their own benefit just about every facet of God's provision for His people. The offices of the church were used to obtain personal wealth by extortionists, by adulterers, by murderers, all for their own glory. Thankfully, God raised up men who denounced these sins and proclaimed the good news to a people, a people to whom God had blessed with ears to hear and eyes to see the good news. God had blessed the slaves that he had brought out of Egypt. He had blessed them in many ways. And today we read that he had blessed them with a Sabbath, a day of rest. But God had blessed them with a day of rest that wasn't just a day to lay around and watch football, but rather it was God's intent that this was a day of rest with a purpose. Obedience, observance of the Sabbath. Required preparation. Remember, he had told them you have to get two omers of manna on the preparation day, the day before, that you would be prepared then for the day of rest on the Sabbath. The day of rest that God commanded was a day that required preparation. And this preparation day was an occasion to demonstrate faith An opportunity for them to demonstrate their faith in God by their obedience to God. And so the occasion of faith is the occasion of obedience. The occasion of obedience is the occasion of faith. And faith and obedience are occasions of worship. And God intends that the Sabbath would be a day without distraction. Six days you labor, on the seventh you rest, no labor, no distraction. But this is a day that is exclusive, a day that is exclusive to be focused on the one who has blessed them with this day, the focus on on their deliverer, the one that has brought them out of slavery an exclusive day, a day without distraction that they could focus on their Savior, their God. This is actually an example of a pattern, a pattern that we see throughout Scripture, throughout history. God blesses, God blesses these people with food and gives them a day of rest and which they need not gather the food because they can eat what they save from the day of preparation. We read about some people, some people didn't believe, right? Some people, a little hard-headed, they go out and they're going to get some extra. Either they, they didn't believe that, that God had said that, that it wouldn't be there, or they believed it was going to be there and that they would get ahead of everybody else, But anyhow, they decided to do things their own way. They went out together and there wasn't any. Duh. They don't see the need for a day of rest when there's an advantage to be gained. Somebody write that down. They don't believe God. And because they don't believe God, they disobey God. These two are inseparably linked. Unbelief is disobedience. Disobedience is unbelief. Thus it was in the days of the Exodus, and thus it is today. We sin because of unbelief, and unbelief is our sin. We can see this pattern repeated certainly throughout the Old Testament. God blesses, God commands, people obey, God blesses. Faith is obedience, obedience is faith. Or God blesses, God commands, people disobey, God punishes, people believe. Faith is obedience. Obedience is faith. From the beginning it has been so. For from the beginning God blesses the man he created creation itself being a blessing. Genesis 1.27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. God's blessing came immediately upon his creation of man and woman. Giving the blessing, God commands. God commands those whom He has created, those whom He has blessed. God commands that He will be acknowledged as God. He will be acknowledged as God by their obedience. Genesis 2, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Believe me, faith is obedience. But they did not believe. The serpent said to the woman, Genesis 3, You will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for fruit and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. She did not believe God's word. And because she did not believe God's word, she disobeyed God's word. And so it was that sin, disobedience, unbelief to God, enters into the race of man. God blesses. God commands. Man does not believe and disobeys. And God punishes sin. To the woman he said, I will surely I will surely multiply your pain and childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, your desires shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. God punishes unbelief, disobedience. And God saves his people. Continuing in Genesis 3, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living, and the Lord God made for Adam and for for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. He covered their sin. They believe and God blesses. Genesis 4. And Adam knew his wife again and she bore a son and called his name Seth. For she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel for Cain killed him. So Seth also to Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time people began to call upon the name of the Lord. I didn't make this up. It's throughout the Old Testament. If you reflect on your knowledge of Scripture, if you reflect on your knowledge of the Old Testament... We see this pattern time and time again throughout the history of the events, the occasions, throughout the book of Genesis. This repeats over and over again. The book of Exodus is just such. Think about the people wandering in the wilderness those 40 years. Think about the opportunities that God gives. Think about the commandments, the blessings that God sends. Think about the belief and the unbelief and how God responds to those. Judges. Fellas, if you were sitting in on the study of the book of Judges, you know that this pattern is what? That's all you need to know about the book of Judges. That's this pattern. The history books, the prophets... God saving a rebellious, sinful, sinful people. And thus it is that the Old Testament is called salvation history. And this history culminates in Jesus Christ. As Jesus hangs on the cross, And Jesus cries out, it is finished. All of the sin, all of the disobedience, all of the unbelief, all of the rebellion, all of this of God's people is laid on Jesus on the cross. We say that these sins, this disobedience, is imputed to Jesus as on the cross he takes the wrath of God. And now, by the grace of God, the perfect, sinless Son of God, His righteousness, His obedience, His salvation is imputed to God's people. And thus the apostle wrote, For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God that the just might live by faith. Jesus said, it is finished. That cycle is no more. The pattern of God's blessings, God's commandments, people's disobedience, people's unbelief, God's blessings, God's commandments, God's salvation, it is finished, Jesus said. I have done it all. And the Sabbath of God is fulfilled in Jesus Christ our Lord. Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, So then there remains a Sabbath Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself. It is a gift. It's a gift from God. It is finished. And the commandment of God is faith. Faith is obedience. Obedience is faith. And as we put our faith in the Word of God, as we put our faith in Jesus Christ, who is God, we receive the blessings of the forgiveness of sin and that promise of eternal life, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus said it is finished. And the call, is to rest in him. The call is to receive Jesus Christ as our Sabbath, to rest in our Sabbath, who is Christ Jesus, God's Son. I have a a recliner at the house. Give a show of hands. Is anybody surprised by that? Yeah, didn't think so. Love my recliner. When I sit down in the recliner, I I sit down. It's I mean the whole thing. I want you to think about how how ridiculous it would be for me to put my elbows up on the on the arm of that recliner, right? And and then just kind of kind of kind of stoop over it, support myself on my elbows. This is getting tiresome just demonstrating it. The recliner is not doing me a lick of good. Now let's say that I'm 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 really I'm doing this my own self, and I want, I want to put my feet up. So I, I kick my feet up and I'm doing a what do they call a plank or something like that, right? Right? It's nothing but elbows. The feet are up. Now there's some men here this morning that could do that. I ain't one of them. But it's ludicrous. It's ridiculous. going to get an amen? What's the recliner for? The recliner is for rest. Shut up. And when I get in that recliner, I don't support myself. I rest. I let the recliner take care. And folks, I'm not going a step too far here. That's exactly what God expects of His people. To rest in Him. That He is our Sabbath. Put all your weight on Him. All your faith. All your trust. All your hope. All that you are. All that you have. All that you ever hope to be. To rest in Jesus Christ. Who is the Son of God. And our Sabbath. And as the Son of God, He is God. He is the Sabbath. The Sabbath belongs to Him. He belongs to the Sabbath. And it's bad business to misappropriate the Sabbath of God to one's own purpose, to one's own benefit, to one's own gain. And therefore, while we praise God for the Reformation that He brought about in His church those centuries yet ago, let us acknowledge that the Reformation must continue in this day as there are those who continue to perlorn the Word of God to their own benefit, to their own use, to their own advancement. Sovereign Grace Church, a Reformed church, stands true to the Word of God, true to Jesus Christ and Him alone as our Savior. We celebrate, we celebrate the Sabbath of God, on the Lord's day. We come together on the day of His resurrection. Not the seventh day, but we come together on the first day. The beginning, the day that we celebrate a new life. Celebrating resurrection, and a new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And in him we rest. We rest on a Sabbath that is exclusive. We rest on a Sabbath that is with purpose. Purpose that we be not distracted, that we focus, we worship our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, come to me and so the Apostle John was to write to all who received him, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood nor the will of the flesh nor the will of man, but born of God. God has blessed us richly. Let us hear his call to faith to believe in Him, to believe in His Word. And as we believe, let that shine out through us as obedience to His Word, that we would rest in Him, that He might bless, and that He, that the Lord our God, may be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.